Welcome to the Just By My Vote podcast. I am Joseph Simmons, the host and also author of the new book, Just By My Vote, African-American Voting Rights and the Chicago Condition. I am honored to have Las Vegas royalty with me today. Kimberly Bailey Turo, amongst other things, is the owner-publisher of the Las Vegas Black Image Magazine and also host of the Enterprising People radio show. Kimberly Bailey, welcome to the Just By My Vote podcast. Hi, Joseph. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure, Kimberly. My honor. There are several things we could talk about in the time we have. However, I'd like to start by asking you to address the JBMV avatar, and I'll explain what I mean. In my writing of the book, Just By My Vote, I found myself continually asking, what are the best sources of American history? So please address the JBMV avatar, if you will. He or she is a 20 to 30 year old male or female and interested in history, but for whatever reason was not a history major in school or maybe didn't attend college. He or she is wondering, where do I start? Kimberly Bailey, what have you found to be your favorite or best sources? My favorite and best sources have been, I I had the pleasure of going to Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia. And, you know, one thing about going to college, and I know this is not for people that have maybe gone to college, but I don't know. I think who's ever around your immediate circle, your elders, your aunts, your, you know, people that have gone through a period of time, they can answer so many questions as it uh, relates to conflict resolutions, as it relates to just personal finance, what they did to succeed. That one-on-one conversation has been a tremendous source. I guess that's why I even do radio because it's, it gives me a chance to ask any questions I might have to to really some wonderful, wonderful professionals and people that have lived the life. So I say the first order of business is to just have wonderful conversations, curious conversations, uh, be a critical thinker and being able to converse about history, their personal history, and then also uh, books, 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 books. If you read a good book, it's as though the author is speaking directly to you. And I love my father's book, you know, Looking Up, Finding My Voice in Las Vegas, that chronicled his personal life. So it's that personal connection that has really helped me with my life. I had the wonderful opportunity to uh, take a, a class with Pearl Cleach, a class with Maya Angelou when I was at Spelman and uh, Dr. Maya Angelou. And when I had these personal conversations, I can ask them any questions about life of what's the greatest attribute can I hold in my life that will help me throughout my historic journey. And um, Dr. Angelou always would say, you have to have courage. And I think that she was so right (laughs) because, um, you know, life is no crystal stair. So you have to uh, have the courage to see it through, still enjoy your life and just face things right in the eye, you know, right in the face and, and come up with how you're going to get over whatever hurdles you might have. Understood. Now, I got to ask you to tell us more about your dad's book. Oh, okay. Yeah, he passed on in 2014. 
but he wrote a wonderful book about his personal life. And it's called Looking Up, Finding My Voice in Las Vegas. He would always say, who said it's going to be easy? Because life is not just an easy ride. And uh, but his but it was adventurous. His book is so wonderful and written and and it's so adventurous. He he starts with uh, being just a young, a young boy and trying to make money in Cleveland, Ohio. And he would he would sell ice, you know, in his red wagon. And um, he would take this little red wagon to big uh, projects. And uh, some people couldn't pay for their their ice. And when you open the book, it talks about how a lady said, well, boy, give me, bring that ice up here. And, uh, but I'm gonna give you something better than money. So <laughs> it's just wonderful. It has you laughing. You don't know what that would happen, you know, but then he went on to Morehouse college and how he got on the train and my, his mother, my grandmother packed him a lunch to eat on the train to go to Atlanta, Georgia from Cleveland. And he was such an adventure. His his mentor was Dr. Benjamin Mays, and he was the president of Morehouse at the time. And uh, he was he became friends and classmates with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And uh, they were in the Glee Club together. They would go eat breakfast at his house before going back to class. And uh, he chronicles all of these experiences, even um, being selected from the Glee Club at Morehouse. Uh, by Count Basie to join the band and go on the road as an entertainer and how he met Billie Holiday and she was going through her abuse struggle with drugs and and she you know just the experience of being in the room and he only she only allowed my father in the room when she was shooting up with the drugs and and he he talks about that in the book and just wonderful relationships with Nat King Cole and Sammy Davis, how when they were in Vegas years later and how they were going to buy a, a hotel on the strip. And uh, that, so Nat King Cole and Sammy and my father put all their money together and was about to close on the property. And the day of closing on the property, it was burnt down to the ground. So it's wow. just it's a it's just a wonderful wonderful book. He was a broker, real estate broker, <laughs> oh, okay. and so he um, he believed in real estate. You know, he talked about it as far as building wealth, and just so many stories about the Moulin Rouge when they came to Las Vegas in 1955. Him and my mother, my mother was a dancer in the Apollo, so they met when my father was on the road with Count Basie and the entertainment wow. industry. And then they, you know, they from the East Coast, they came here to Las Vegas because they were actually putting on a, a show in this first integrated hotel called the Moulin Rouge. And it was only stayed open for six months. And um, but dad said he wanted to stay in Vegas. He didn't want to go back. They had a house selected in Philadelphia. They were going to purchase and they were going to move back to Philadelphia after the Moulin Rouge closed unexpectedly. And there's a lot of com controversy with that. But anyway, they they stayed here in Las Vegas, and and then shortly after that, I came along in the '60s. <laughs> are, are you an only child by by chance? No, I have an older brother. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Very good. For the folks that would want to look at that book, tell us one more time the title and your dad's full it's, name. It's called "Looking Up: Finding My Voice in Las Vegas." By... And it's yeah, and it's um, you could Google it. You could still order it, I believe. 
If not, I have a garage full of books. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very good. And you have a second uh, favorite source? Yeah. Well, I, my first source was one-on-one -on -one personal conversations. My second was books, literary books. I think my third source of gaining knowledge from historic uh, events, uh, chronicling historic events, is is actually through the media. I love documentaries. I love audio. I love podcasts. I love, and I, I love to gain historic information from those sources. Nice. Let's shift just shift gears just a little bit, Kimberly. How did you get into the business? Wow. I got, well, I think I've always, I grew up in Las Vegas. My parents were from the entertainment industry. So I was always surrounded by, I'd wake up in the morning and Sammy Davis Jr. would be sleeping on our couch. Wow. Red Fox would be in the kitchen, <laughs> Slappy White. George Kirby, Sugar Ray Robinson. I mean, it was just so many people in my house because they were all friends from back east of my father. So when they came to Vegas, still dealing with a lot of discrimination, a lot of them couldn't stay in the hotels. So many of them would stay in our at our home. And I remember one time waking up and Sammy was laying on the couch and then this young lady was sitting on our floor. And I was like, why is she sitting on the floor? And but it was uh, it was his girlfriend. It was Lola Falana. Wow. And I remember asking my father why she was sitting on the floor. So it was just a wonderful, exciting time, even though it was a lot of segregation at that time. Vegas was very different. I mean, we, um, you know, we in the community, I grew up in Bonanza Village. It's almost like the Baldwin Hills. It was the Baldwin Hills of Las Vegas. Because Black people, we couldn't live wherever we wanted to live. Mostly we lived on the historic West Side. But it was wonderful because, you know, we, it was a lot of unity. When you wanted to have fun, people would come to each other's house, bring a pot of food. It was potluck, barbecues, plenty of barbecues in the parks and in the backyard and swimming in the swimming pools. And uh, my godmother, uh, Dottie West and Dr. West, lived around the corner and um, they would uh, they knew a whole slew they were very Louis Armstrong would be at their house or Della Reese and so I grew up so to answer your question I was very influenced at a very young age about show business and of course I I, I wanted to be a go-go girl because we my dad owned a liquor a lounge a liquor lounge Sugar Hill and uh, I used to just see the beautiful go-go girls all the time uh, so I wanted to get into dance and all of those things. But I grew up in Vegas, graduated from Western High School, went on to Spelman College, still had a very big, deep interest in getting into something to do with the entertainment industry in some way. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I was a very good dancer in high school. I think people remember that. They used to say, come to watch, because I, I was a song leader. I was the head. So I would do all the choreography for all the girls at, at games and stuff like that. So when I went to Spelman, I wasn't sure that I knew that I enjoy writing. And so I wanted to get in some aspects. So I majored in, in English and journalism, Was worked with the radio station at Clark, Atlanta, with WCLK. Then, uh, you know, after graduation, came home, stayed a week. I didn't want to stay in Vegas. So... After that, I went to Los Angeles to just kind of fulfill my dreams. I wanted to get into the business. 
Sidney Portier sat down. He was a very good friend of my dad's. He sat down with me for a long time to try to help me decide what I would like to do, what I would like to get into. So I, I took a lot of various jobs. I worked for Mark Goodson with the game shows for a while. I think I was his first African-American hire. And uh, then I figured I, I should get in some kind of public relations. You know, I love dealing with people. And so I did that. I, I started working for the Urban League under John Mack with the Urban League when the Baldwin Hill Plaza was was uh, being transformed, so to speak. And sure. I was a public information officer for that project. And then I just uh, kind of got into the entertainment business. While I was at Spelman, I used to represent Spike Lee around campus to promote his movie, Joe's Best Eye Barbershop. And uh, so when I came to L.A., uh, Spike needed a publicist. So I brought him to Pat Tobin and Associates. I started working for Pat. I've had a big client, Spike Lee. So I worked that. That's kind of what happened. And I started becoming an entertainment publicist, representing Paul Abdul, representing Atlantic Star, and did the Soul Train Music Awards, the first awards. Uh, with Don Cornelius. And then I just got really heavy into it. I was always writing for some of the trades, BRE, and and then I was doing my publicity. And uh, it just kind of all fell together. It was a very exciting time when I lived in Los Angeles. And, uh, and it was very, very good to me, you know. And then after a while, like, I just came home to Las Vegas and uh, got married and uh, came home and had a child. And that was my first. And then just wanted to keep it going when I came to Las Vegas. So, the you know, I remember KCP was having a very hard time. Their antenna was, um, they were going to lose the wattage. So mm-hmm. I did a fundraiser for them so they would get the money to get that antenna on Black Mountain. And so I was able to write a grant. I got them $100,000 to move the antenna. I did a concert called Keeping the Voice Alive, Barry White, James Ingram, Earth, Wind & Fire, all the contacts I had made in Los Angeles, the emotions, Big Daddy Kane, Cool Modi. So we did the huge Keeping the Voice Alive at the Thomas & Mack, got the money that the station needed. So now the station has an antenna on Black Mountain. I know people don't talk about what I did, but but I did all that. And right. so anyway, I just, you know, and then from there, I've always been very creative. I got involved with helping people start their own businesses through micro business. I became the director of that program. I helped many people and they're still in business today, you know, so I'm very proud of a lot of them doing what they have to do for their businesses and uh, so did that for about 20 years and I always had my business on the side as a publicist or PR or marketing. And, uh, and it just, and I started my first magazine called ouch. Cause I was doing, I always did radio. Okay. So I got it. So I was doing entertainment gossip. I did an ouch magazine and I was on radio and I uh, was writing for Jack, the rapper magazine still. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I, um, I met my second husband, Charles, and um, then we, uh, we started Black Image Magazine, and we've been doing that since 2008, and I'm on, still on radio at KCP with Enterprise. Right. 
<laughs> right. Great success. Well, so you know, I hope I hope I got it all in. It, so I know it's a lot. <laughs> you know, I know you got a lot going on, and you've had great success. I'm going to ask this question, and I know it's probably going to be hard to answer given given the success you've had. But with what time we have, what's one piece of advice you'd offer to your 20 year old self? Wow. My 20-year-old self, I think I would say to just enjoy those moments. I jump so quickly on different things, but to kind of just enjoy a lot. I did enjoy a lot, though. <laughs> Sounds like. To, to enjoy the moments and also and to know that you were totally worthy of everything. You already you have it, you know, the confidence, because I find that. I'm doing what I do now because of confidence, but my confidence had to be built. I think it had to be built. So maybe at 20, I, w- I wasn't quite there, but he, I still have always been very, like I was always fearless. I never, I never was shy. <laughs> I just went after whatever I thought I should have or whoever I need to talk to. I've always talked to the top. Even to this day, I always, I, I go to, right to the top. Well, that's a great piece of advice. Yeah. Sometimes if you talk to subordinates, that's right where your idea or where your momentum will stay. But if you go to the top, the top then can send you, but at least the top has endorsed you. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been a real pleasure for me. Kimberly (laughs) Bailey, thank you so much. And thank you for sharing with our listeners today. Oh, thank you, Joseph. You were just, this is just wonderful. And I just, it's a blessing that you even considered me. Thank you. My pleasure. Well, well, we hope you enjoyed that episode of the Just By My Vote podcast. We're looking forward to the next episodes. You can find the book at justbymyvote.com and feel free to follow us at justbymyvotepodcast.com for notification on upcoming podcasts and events. We thank you for the privilege of your time. And until next time, just buy my vote.